0: You're listening to the One Small Bite Podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I have built a successful nutrition practice helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you Ready? let's do this hey what's up folks welcome to the one small Buy podcast i'm your host it's me david orozco registered dietitian nutritionist certified intuitive eating counselor. And we're back with a series on stress. And today we're going to talk about how stress is playing games with your joints, your back and mobility. And I brought along a guest that's been on our show before. His name is Dr. Jacob Swart, and he was on episode 106. And today he's going to tell us about that connection, pun intended, between stress and your joint and back health. A little background on him. Jacob is the owner of Athletes Potential here in Atlanta, and he has a doctoral degree in physical therapy from Ohio University He is also a certified strength and conditioning specialist. He's also a CrossFit level one coach. And uh, Jacob has also been working with men and women in the United States Air Force, current and former NFL players, U.S. Olympics, multiple collegiate sports CEOs, and desk jockeys alike. I love that he says that. You know, when I was doing the research for this episode, I couldn't stop thinking about a client that I was working with recently. He came to me because he wanted to get rid of his belly fat. He was just worried. He was worried that he was going to develop diabetes. And he was worried that he was going to get unhealthy. So we looked at his diet. We looked at his fitness. We looked at his sleep. And guess what, folks? Everything was great. Let's talk a little bit about his nutrition. He was eating quote unquote, all the right foods. He was eating very healthy. He was eating enough. He had a good mix of foods. His fitness was really on top. I'll get to that in a minute. And then his sleep, great. He's improving a lot of his sleep. I've worked with him before. And so let I focus back into the the fitness. He was going to Orange Theory three or four times a week. He was doing spin three times a week. He was doing lifting sometimes up to four days a week. He's 53 years old. I was like, man, you're working out more than me. You've got the lifestyle of a 30-year-old. You're doing fantastic. Stop blaming yourself. You know me, folks. I'm anti-diet, non-diet, weight-inclusive approach. I was thinking, "Uh uh-uh, leave your weight where it is. The sacrifice of trying to get your weight down is going to actually be worse. So how do we get to his pain? Because that's the other thing that he was dealing with. He wanted to get rid of his belly fat, but he was thinking that the belly fat had something to do with the pain in his leg. And you can hear that stress of weight stigma as if he did something wrong. So that's what we're going to get at in today's episode. Oh, and by the way, stay tuned to the end because I've got a special announcement. Roll the interview. Hey, what's up, Jacob? Welcome back to the One Small Bide podcast. Man, I'd love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. If they haven't heard our previous episode, why don't you start there? Give them a little background about yourself.
1: So like, you know, my name's Jacob, Jacob, uh, Jacob Swartz. I'm a, I am own Athlete's Potential in uh, Decatur. Uh, we're a out-of-network physical therapy practice where, um, I mean, the, the short answer is like, I help people who are in pain get out of pain, right? <laughs> and I help them perform better for, throughout a lifespan. Like, uh, so we have, uh, so we're out of network and we're out of network on purpose. We don't accept insurance because I promise you your insurance, uh, if you're listening to this, like your insurance is not in your best interest. Uh, it is for like catastrophic type care. 100%. I get that. Like, you know, I'm about to have a, or my wife is about to have a baby. We're 100% using our insurance with that. Right. Uh, but when it comes to like physical therapy or when it comes to some of these, uh, like same thing with like dietetics as well, nutrition, uh <sighs> it can be very frustrating on both the provider. And oh
0: my God. Team. Insurance is the bane of my existence, brother. Totally. Totally. Uh, so like, yeah.
1: you know, we're all strength coaches and fit or former uh, high end, high level athletes who got frustrated with somebody sent me how a computer screen in Nebraska telling us how to treat our patients. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and and, and, and we got tired of documenting in such a way or like treating patients in such a way that was just purely a justification for, um, insurance reimbursement. So, uh, that's why we're out of network. But essentially, like if you come to our clinic, we've got we don't have a bunch of like silly machines. We have two squat racks and a bunch of kettlebells. and yeah. uh, <laughs> and, we, and I saw so, it
0: firsthand. So yeah, so true. Yeah. Uh, clean and simple.
1: Simple on purpose too. Like if all I did, like if I had a bunch of hyper specialized equipment and made you do all these like really peculiar movements that you can do on your own or have this equipment to do on your own. Like I'm not doing, we're not doing anybody any good. Right. So, Mm. um, it works out really well that we keep our, our system simple. And we really think of ourselves almost more as like consultants for your, uh, your physical health and well being, right. Versus, uh, like traditional physical therapy. Like we don't even have physical therapy in our name and that's on purpose. So, uh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. You have potential. and And that's one of the reasons why I really got hooked into your practice because, you know, you're not just checking the boxes on insurance and yeah. performance, which is the key of of, of what you're getting to people to do. You're not just getting them to heal; you're getting them beyond that healing, and that is improving their performance.
1: Totally, yeah. yeah. I think like, man, for sure, because like, and here's another thing that's frustrating with insurance: they don't give a damn about what your about your performance. They really don't. They'd be like, yeah. okay, your knee can bend 150 degrees. Uh, you have a four out of five plus strength, whatever that means, right? And then. Mm-hmm uh cool you can walk like they just want bare minimum function from you right Right. and people don't want to perform at a bare minimum level uh and we people get to get the opportunity to perform at a high level like uh we work and also understand that that high level is relative right so um whether that's working with some of the like a top five nfl draft pick an olympic level barbell athlete a professional soccer player or your weekend warrior or your very first or your very first 5k that you're training for, or, uh, you're just yeah. looking for the motive. You're tired of being in pain and you want to get better and you want to get out of pain, but don't know where to start. Like, yeah. uh, these are all like, your performance is, is relative to who you are. And we're not just, and we're not, and it's not pretentious. Um, uh, but we are very, we're, we're skilled enough to know or to be able to, uh, scale needs and necessities and, 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 uh, techniques to fit a wide range of uh, athletic performance.
0: I think that that brings me to what I've asked you to come here for, man. I you know, we talked about this offline and I thought this was a great segue into, you know, reaching that person's potential. We're talking today about the stress and the amount of stress that we're dealing with in our lives. We are in this post-pandemic world. We have situations like what's going on in Valdi. We have the yeah. Roe v. Wade and whatever political side of the fence that you're on, and the stressors that come from that, we're looming into a recession. If heck, we're not in it already. Yeah, um, we're seeing interest rates go up, and we're seeing the political divide dividing more. Anyway, yeah. we're seeing a lot of these stressors that are so constant and nagging in our lives. We talked a little bit offline, talking about. Uh, an example of how you see stress play out in your practice. Thinking about running, I think you were talking about somebody who's a runner, right? Talk to me a little bit about how stress affects our bodies, especially our backs and joints.
1: Yeah, man. So stress is especially chronic stress. I think people need to understand that there's a difference between like pressure and stress, right? Um, Pressure is that kind of like that daily um, pressure or that daily stress, I guess you can say, right. That we are that daily, um, uh, feeling that we have like, oh, we got to get something done or we have like, or we got it. But if if you ignore that and you let it kind of, uh, run through your day over and over and over and over again, now we're looking at stress, right. Yeah. And like, there's so many different ways that stress impacts your body. Like a very simple example that a lot of people know is like stress increases your cortisol levels, right. And your cortisol is a hormone, and that's important. I think people like want to try to demonize cortisol, uh, and cortisol is a very important hormone. Um, but prolonged stress and prolonged elevated levels of cortisol can absolutely lead to issues like uh, like increased joint stress, uh, increase or decreased tendon health. It can lead to a poor sleep, and poor ro- and poorer sleep is going to lead to like. As little as one night of poor sleep, so six hours or less, can almost can more than twofold your perception of pain, which is a really interesting thing. That's an
0: interesting point. Yeah. Okay. It's your
1: perception of pain, right? So, because pain is not pain is so much more than tissue damage. And that's something that has been getting more and more light shown on it over the past, over the most recent years, where it used to be like, oh, you're in pain. There must be something wrong. Like, uh, oh, you're in pain. There needs to be something that there's, there must be something that needs fixed. And what we're understanding more and more and more is that there's this whole biopsychosocial aspect of pain. That's so much deeper and more prevalent than just a mechanical um, uh, defect. Right. Yeah. Like, which is why if we look at an MRI and we, and, and we send off 10 people, 10 healthy people to get an MRI and they, you know, none of them have knee pain there's a pretty strong likelihood that six or more of them are going to come back with a torn meniscus in their knee or degenerative joint disease or something that pops up on their MRI. That's going to, that would previously cue us into like, Oh, this person needs surgery. Right. Or, Oh, this person needs this corrected. And it's just not the case. And a lot of times stress is a big indicator of that because it's, or a big uh, not indicator, but a big uh, contributor to pain because it can increase not only like decrease tendon health, joint health, but it can increase your perception of pain, which is not diminishing the fact that you are in pain because like, regardless of it's perceived or, 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 uh, because of an injury, right? Like you are still in pain, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whether it's the fact,
0: yeah. Whether it's perception or not, you're still in pain.
1: 100%. Yeah. yeah. And we got to figure out why. Right. right. Um, but, and I see this play out in the clinic all the time, especially like we deal with a lot of people who are pretty on top of all the, all the issues that are going on in the world. Like they, they do have pain. Right. So then they come in and uh, we work with a lot of high performance as well. So I'll never forget. I had this one teacher come in and she was, she's a big time runner. Right. And she uses running to alleviate her stress. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's an important thing. Like uh, exercise is so much more than aesthetics. Like exercise is so good for mental health which is really important for what's going on and like everything that's going on in today's world, right? And our bodies are super resilient. So this wasn't something that happened with this woman like right out of the gates, all of a sudden she had back pain, right? This was something that had been building and building and building. And eventually, and our bodies are resilient. So they could handle the stress of like everyday life plus the stress of exercise, right? There's no mistake about it. Stress is exercise to our body. Uh, Our body can't decipher between the stress of, uh, oh, I'm going off on a run, right, for exercise and for my mental health versus I'm trying to run away from a tiger, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. different, like, uh, it's it's stress on the body at the end of the day. But uh, this woman, she came in very, uh, you know, on top of having a stressful job, um, she also, like, had, like, other stresses going on in her life. Anyway, she was coming in for back pain, Right. And we we're going through some of the the initial eval portion of what we do. And I had her laying on her stomach and I was taking a look and just watching her breathe, you can see her erector. So the erectors are this big uh, muscle group that run down the, the spine or like on each side of your back. Like, so you have mm-hmm. your spine right in the middle of your back. Mm-hmm. It's the big muscles that run across the like uh, right around the spine there. So on both okay. sides, okay. on the left and right side. and. Um, I was watching those muscles and she didn't even know that she was doing this. Right. Uh, she was just breathing her normal breath and, uh, I was watching her, her erectors just contract like crazy and then relax on down when she would exhale. Right. And then contract like crazy and then relax on down. So it was like with every breath she was, she was, uh, contracting her erectors because her erectors were constantly in this fight or flight type of, uh, face that she was in, right, mm. and like this, this hyper, this hyper aware state. Anyway, lo and behold, guess what she complained about all the time it was back tightness, right? And so, like, we have to actually start working on different breath techniques, and that's a big indicator to me to figure out, like, okay, how are you sleeping? What does your stress management look like? Um, you know, like I know very, I know like the basics to understand, like what does your nutrition look like, right? And mm. if it's out of whack or doesn't make sense, like I'm sending them off to people like you, right? Uh, yeah, but and. Uh, what is your, I know what their movement practices look like. That's what we've been talking about. But there's these there's these subtle cues that when we get to work with you for an hour at a time, we get to pick up on things like this. So for this person in particular, all we had to do I could have I could have given her all the back stretches in the world, right? I could have given her the perfect back strengthening program. I could have given her the perfect return the run program. It would have never addressed the reason why she was really there. And mm. all we had to do was some simple breath work, you know. And that's like
0: that's like giving someone a pain pill, but then never addressing what's causing the pain.
1: 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. it's kind of like throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping something sticks, right? <laughs> um, but like by just simply watching and observing and seeing this visualization of this person's back just contract with every breath, we were able to actually do some stress management work. And by doing some stress management work, of course, on some other things, right? Like we were doing some like strengthening work. We were doing things that I thought would be healthy for a runner regardless, right? Uh by doing some simple breath work, we were able to alleviate a lot of that pain. Uh and all I was doing was simply just like helping with stress management at that point, right?
0: Yeah. So, but I mean, people aren't going into your practice for stress management, right? I mean, I, I think that no, that's, that's important is- to 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 know, right?
1: Totally, yeah, yeah, 100 percent Yeah, don't come to me if you're like if you're dealing with like stress and anxiety, and like that's the main cause of why you want to come in, but it is pretty wild. Like, like how, you know, we look, we are trying to improve like the health of humans. Right. Yeah. And if we don't look at somebody's like, uh, like, if, do they have like just some, do they know some simple breathing techniques, for example? Right. Like yeah. I'm not going to sit down and then show them, like, I'm not going to walk through them and be like, well, what's really stressing you out and like giving the, trying to give them like stress management strategies. Right. Yeah. Like that's for somebody who's more qualified than me. Right. 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 But right. if I can give you something as simple, like a breath technique or a breath exercise, And that can help you manage your daily, like your, your daily, um, pressure, right? Like, uh, then cool. Then that's a win, you know? And then if it's received, then we can go somewhere else.
0: So you mentioned a little while ago about exercise, especially with this teacher. Um, you know, it brought to my attention how I've talked about this. I've talked about how exercise is incredibly important, or I don't like to call it exercise. I like to call it movement, especially joyful movement, but You know, people do exercise and sometimes people hit it hard. Yeah, they will do different classes or they'll go for really long runs or they'll train for half or marathons, full marathons or triathlons or whatever. Right. Yeah. I find that that level of training when you get to that kind of exercise, the wouldn't there be a greater likelihood of more stress due to. The likelihood of injuries, bad posture, bad form, over-exercise. What do you see in that? Is that a case or not?
1: No, I don't. I don't necessarily think so. Um, I, I think like it kind of depends on what your goals are, right? Um, and it depends on what your training age is too, right? Like, mm. uh, if, like sure if you're come if you're gonna come off of like being moderately mildly trained or not very or like coming off the couch or whatever. Uh, and you're going to try to jump into like something that, uh, a training program that somebody's been working for years and decades on, um, mm. that's a recipe for, uh, not success or being,
0: for being unsuccessful. Right. Okay. But, All right. So, so hold on. Let me, let me stop you there. So what you're saying is, you know, if someone say they're been doing this since like high school or maybe even younger and then training perfect. for a purpose, for a reason, like yeah. maybe college athletics, it's their scholarship or and then maybe even into a pro- their professional life, so to speak. Yeah. Or maybe a re- recreational athlete, but they've done it for many, many years. Right. Um, You don't necessarily see that level of activity as a form of stress or not.
1: So, as a form of stress, sure, exercise is stress, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's any form of exercise that can right. be that can be going off on a on a brisk walk in the middle of the summer day down here in Atlanta, right? Like, right, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like your heart rate will increase and you'll perspire. Like that is stress on your body, right? Yeah. Um, but the this, I do think it's a little bit of a fallacy in our in our society, or like in and uh, and what's being very highly talked about right now. Of course, like. I think the biggest thing is that you shouldn't try to compare yourself to other people uh, in the realm of fitness and health and wellness, right? Like there's going to be people that can go hard in the gym and go hard well, right? Like I think that's a distinct difference. Like they're not going in there just beating themselves up. Like these are people that go in, they get to the gym early, they get warmed up, they, they and they and they hit it and they're, and they're training for a purpose, right? There's people that can do that. That doesn't have to be you, right? Like right, you don't right. have to you don't have to match or meet or beat that person. Like your fitness journey is your own. Uh it's just where are you at along that journey? So uh if if it's if for you, if you're using it predominantly for like uh like mental health, or if you're using fitness as a way to uh be better at your job, right? Or you're using fitness as a way to be a better parent, or just not or just to like be able to battle the stresses that day that your day to day life has. There's all different kinds of realms that you that you can go down and different routes you can hit, but it doesn't have, and you don't have to be like uh, training as if you're a CrossFit Games athlete, right? Or you don't have to train as if you're trying to uh, break a world record. But uh, I'm also not going to sit here and say that like if some of those things are your goals, right? Then that's like an unhealthy goal for you to hit because you can do it in a way that's healthy. Uh, you just have to be smart about your training and, and focus on things like recovery and mobility and strength and sleep and nutrition, <laughs> nutrition. I was just getting ready to say it. nutrition, like all these things have become so important. So if you're going to train like that, train like it, don't, don't just try to act like it, you know?
0: Yeah. I guess where I see the ex- ex- excess stress and there is, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent where exercise is a form of stress where it adds a level of stress is either when a person goes beyond that that capability totally. or when they try to manipulate especially their diet. I get a lot of people that will tend to of course restrict, avoid something, not eat something, be on some kind of their variation of some form of diet, like I'm a pescatarian or I'm a flexitarian or I'm plant based or I'm keto yeah. Or um, intermittent fasting, or they'll some kind of carbohydrate reduction because everybody's still scared of carbohydrates. I see that so much, and I often tell people that is really going to put a lot more strain on your body because you hit you hit on something really well a little while ago. You touched as on one of the the parts. People are also going to need to work on stress management and sleep nutrition. And then you mentioned recovery. So recovery is an interesting one because nutrition to me is so important, not just to fuel the muscle, but yeah. to let the muscle and the joint and the bones recover.
1: Heck yeah. And
0: I see so many people undernourishing themselves. Yeah. So often, and a lot of times when people hear me say that, they think, "Oh, yeah, I'm not eating enough kale, or I'm not eating enough uh, <laughs> broccoli." And I say to them, "No, <laughs> you're right. not eating enough chips or ice cream or things that you should be to fuel your body efficiently." Because there's no way kale enough kale or broccoli is gonna you know is gonna keep you moving is gonna keep you going. To me, there is a there's a certain point where uh, that level of exercise, they're just going to hit a wall sometime soon, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not, ta- and I'm not talking about just like the athlete. I'm talking like your, your client that you just talked about a little while ago, the teacher, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm talking about that. I've got clients who, who are teachers who are, you know, and come in, you know, complaining about their nutrition or I'm gaining weight. And I'm like, that's because they are not eating. <laughs> <laughs> dude
1: 100 you know it's interesting i'm trying to find it right now while, while you're talking like uh there's this graph that i have um the animal that they list as a 25 to 1 ratio from their epinephrine and norepinephrine so their fight versus fight and flight versus rest and digest right yeah is the rabbit and the rabbit is 25 to 1 from their epinephrine and norepinephrine so they're always wow. in this like fight or flight like super stressed out and think about a rabbit it makes sense right they're Jittery. They're they're all over the place. They're like they're and they're also like small, like they're an easy prey. So they're like they're they're like always stressed out jumping around, right? Yeah. Um, versus a uh versus a lion and a lion's epinephrine to norepinephrine ratio is one to one, right? Oh. So they have the ability to get after it when they need to better than any other animal out there, right? Okay. But they also rest, recover, uh, digest, like they they hit this, they they hit this relaxation state better than any other animal out there too. Right. Yeah. And yeah, then- I got
0: I, I see the image of a lion in the Serengeti laying on top of uh one of those big African trees, you know, yeah. branch just like couched out with its paw hanging off the branch. <laughs> yeah.
1: But then they see an antelope and they can go into straight kill mode, right? Yeah. Like yeah. uh so like that not that we need to be lions, right? But that's kind of like the example that I always get. That's kind of like I'll tell people all the time like be a lion, you know, like uh, you don't need to like, don't let life get you into this situation where you're always stressed out about every little thing and you're constantly like bouncing and jumping from, from one stressful environment to the next or one task to the next. And like, breathe, relax. Let's give you some like simple stress management strategies. If we need, if you need more, a uh, deeper level of help than that, like we got plenty of people who can send you to, but understand that your ability to rest and to recover drastically improves your ability to perform when you need it.
0: Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's talk about uh, some treatment approaches here. Give me examples of people that um, I'm not talking about athletes. I'm talking about everyday people, maybe truck driver or a stay at home parent or uh, a teacher or maybe another uh, professional. Kind of give me what you see people coming in for and. And what's kind of happening related both to the stress and then their their treatment.
1: Yeah. A great example would be, I had this person come in. I don't even, I think she was an accountant. I think that's what her profession was. Um, But she came in in a wheelchair, right? And this was not somebody who was wheelchair bound. Um,
0: Oh, okay. She came
1: in a wheelchair because her, her, she had both of her Achilles tendons had such bad tendonitis. Um, I mean, it was a tendinopathy at this point. It was chronic, um, but they uh, she'd had all the MRIs in the world, she had all the imaging done. She and like there was no tear, there was no reason for her to be in such bad pain that she couldn't walk, right?
0: Oh, wait a minute. So she had no tear, she didn't have like an Achilles tendon tear or, uh, just or sprain like a, or
1: super inflamed, essentially, is what they were, and and super wow. high pain level, right? Uh, so yeah, no tear, no strain, no uh, nothing, right? Like just a tendonopathy, uh, and uh, okay. and so talking with this person, she was a, she was a CPA, not just an accountant, but she was a CPA for like this, uh, I think it was like a legal firm or in, in corporate America and very high stress. And, uh, she had, like stressed for decades. Right. And she had eventually like, she didn't have good stress management techniques. She didn't like, uh, she would just like kind of let the world like, and not in a weird way, like not in, like a boohoo me type of way, but like kind of beat her down. Right. Like she let stress just like constantly like be involved in her life. Right. And by the time she got to me, again, like I said, uh, not wheelchair bound, but she had her husband push around in the wheelchair because it hurt so bad for her to walk, right? Mm. And by simply, and like, it took us a minute for me to figure out like, you know, because you can't, you, very rarely are you going to be able to get down to like the deep levels of like what's of like the inner workings of somebody's daily life on visit one, <laughs> right? Like that's, yeah. a, that's, you have to earn the right and the trust to be able to have those type of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eventually we figured out that she had all these different stressors in her life and that she wasn't sleeping. So her homework, if you will, like her program was, I needed her to do five minutes of a, of a four, seven, eight breathing pattern for me. So like a parasympathetic breathing pattern. So these really long exhales actually upregulate your parasympathetic system or nervous system, which is your, like your rest and digest part of your nervous system. Right. Right. So we did. That's all we did it was this four-seven-eight breathing pattern for five minutes. She needed to do that, like inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight, right? And lo and behold, in those five minutes, she would get really sleepy <laughs> and she would yeah. fall asleep. And like we made it a goal, like I don't care if you're asleep. Uh, I mean, ideally, I'd like you to, but we're going to start off with like I need you to be in bed now. She had the flexibility to do this part, but I need you to be in bed and be trying to sleep for ten hours. Ten hours is what I need you to be at.
0: Wow, Wait, why 10 hours? The National Sleep Foundation and NIH all talk about between 7 to 9. Why 10?
1: Yeah. Well, so 10 hours for her was because I knew she was just going to lay there, right? And just laying in bed is not the same thing as being asleep. That is not the same. You can't go to bed at 12 to wake up at 8 and think that you got eight hours of sleep. You're probably getting at best seven hours and and seven and a half hours, right? Um, okay, so like, uh, and I wanted to make sure she got enough, like full sleep cycles, because as we go through our different, our sleep cycles, it's interesting. It's not like, uh, every sleep cycle is not the same. So when you go through your different stages of sleep, your last one being like your deep sleep phase cycle yeah. or phase, you spend more and more time. It's, it's back end heavy, right? Uh, right. you spend more and more time in that deeper phase of sleep of your, of your whole sleep cycle that you go through, the more, you, the longer you're asleep. Right. So if you're only asleep for three hours and you make it through one sleep cycle, well, you didn't spend that much time in deep sleep. So that's why we can't just take like a three hour nap and and be like, okay, I'm good for the rest of the day. Right. Um, That's why you have to go through these different sleep cycles or these. That's why you have to go through a prolonged period of sleep. Anyway, I wanted to make sure she was getting those deep sleep cycles because that's when you're actually going to recover. That's when your body goes Mm -hmm. through and like recovers, repairs allows you to do things the next day, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not the superficial stuff. Um, So that's all we did was I needed her to lay in bed for 10 hours and do five Mm -hmm. minutes, which is what we started off with of a 478 breathing pattern. And you'll be impressed if you do this, you'll you'll be like five minutes is kind of tough to do. Like, um, especially if you're somebody who's like already like pretty stressed out. uh, this, This CO2 tolerance is what it's called is actually pretty low. Uh, For a lot of people, and that's a problem. So, like, you think about like a free diver, right? A free diver can't be very, can't be super stressed out, and then expect to be able to go down deep into the water, right? Like,
0: so, but talk to me a little bit about what you mean about CO two tolerance. What does that really actually mean? That that'd be really interesting for our listeners to understand.
1: Yeah. So CO two tolerance. So our so when we breathe, it's actually predominantly driven by a buildup of carbon dioxide, which is the byproduct of our body kind of like moving, right. Or kind of being alive. Like uh, we, we inhale oxygen and we exhale carbon dioxide, right? Mm-hmm. So that ox, that carbon dioxide CO2 uh, is actually the driver for breath. So if you go underwater and you, and you're holding your breath and, you, and you're trying to see who can hold the breath the longest, it's typically not going to be a lack of oxygen that brings you up, uh, brings you up to the water. It's uh it's an increase of this, of this carbon dioxide which is why you like, uh, cause it's very, it's very acidic, right? Our body tightly regulates pH levels. So mm-hmm. it'll actually, uh, so it'll make you like kind of freak out and you'll go and you'll go up and like take that big breath in and start neutralizing your pH level.
0: Yeah, man. Let me, let me geek out with you a little bit here, because I love that you're bringing this up. I didn't, I, we didn't even talk about this offline, but this is great that you're bringing this up. So CO2 is the byproduct of a metabolism. So yeah. fat oxidation, carbohydrate oxidation, Uh, and the use of any energy in your body, the byproduct is always going to be CO2, CO2 and water. So those are always going to be the byproduct. And the two organs in the body that recycle or detoxify us from that are the lungs and the kidneys. So this is why the heart is such at risk for a CO2 buildup or for the lack of enough mobility and recovery And energy utilization, because the greater the likelihood you have more of this, you also have a buildup, not only of the CO2, but you also have a buildup of acid in your body, in your blood.
1: Totally. Hydrogen ions build up, man. It's crazy. Right,
0: right, 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 right. So I love that you're saying this. And this is one of the things a lot of people that do keto diet don't realize. Mm, You know, when you burn that amount of fat, there is nowhere near the capacity that your body has to break that down. So you have to build or make a lot of ketones. And so therefore your body goes into a very acidic state. So your lungs and your kidneys are so overworked. totally, (laughs) So overworked. Yeah. And so I'm glad that you're bringing this up because a lot of people don't realize that this is what I mean a little while ago about the excess level of stress. You know, so when we are when we see people who are in heavy bodies or when they want to lose weight, I tell people, wait, you know, let's let's really think about that. Because while at first you may think that's a great idea, what we end up doing is putting our bodies in a prolonged uh hyper sense of uh threat and and, and awareness, where at first the weight loss may sound like a great idea, but then later on by, you know, a few years or something, your body's going to remember that and it's going to go, oh, crap. Here I go again, man, I'm I'm going to lose weight again. And this is, you know, this is a starvation mode and therefore maybe acid builds up or, you know, and then it just creates, like you said a little while ago, that cortisol, which floods more glucose and fat into the blood. It's a cycle that just is never ending and always extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And it builds off of itself and it's crazy.
0: Right, yeah. right. 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 So, so I love that you, but, but CO2 tolerance, sorry, I, I interrupted. No, you, you got it. Yeah. But CO2 tolerance is a little different though. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: So CO2 tolerance is going to be like your, your, it's your body's ability to tolerate those elevated CO2 levels. Right. Okay. So like, uh, when people are constantly, so check this out like or monitor yourself on this next time you're reading your emails, um, see if you're breathing, <laughs> see like, see, 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 what, see uh, what your breath pattern really looks like. Right. That's really, really
0: good. Chances yeah.
1: are you've been holding your breath for a long time. You didn't even realize it, right? Uh, so then you start throwing in like exercise that's going to, again, increase the energy systems and energy demands that you're doing, right? You actually don't have the tolerance because you're already in this like acidic state. I'm not truly acidic, but like uh, elevated acidic state because we're constantly like, we take like these really like short breaths, right? Or like take these uh, really like, uh, like if I tell you to take a big breath in or take a nice long breath, what do I see people do? <sighs> <sighs> Right. Like they take like a really long, like inhale and then a quick exhale when really it should probably be the opposite. Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and all you got to do to see like the example of like how CO2 drives your breath is uh, just don't do this on your own, please. But like do like research it and, and, uh, and like look and look up videos. But like there's actually it's very dangerous. It's a technique that freedivers will use all the time, but you got to be careful with it where they'll like hyperventilate themselves almost before they uh, before they go into the water which will which will get rid of all their co2 right so Mm -hmm. they're getting about a bunch of co2 so they're getting like this almost like basic state if you will and then they go into the water so they can have a bigger uh they have more of a of play for their co2 levels to rise right Mm. the issue is though like that is our driver for breath and something else that needs to breathe or that needs o2 is your brain right so your Mm -hmm. brain's going to recognize that it has decreased oxygen and what does our brain do when we have decreased oxygen? Think about the UFC or MMA, mm-hmm. pass out,
0: right? Pass out, yeah, choke yeah. out, yeah,
1: yeah. So a lot of freediver, like not a lot of freedivers, but a lot of people who do this technique and that and aren't like trained to know like what their like limits are, right? Like they will actually pass out underwater because they weren't cued to breathe because they blew because their CO two levels were so or tolerance was so high because they're they had decreased all of their CO two that they had, right? Or not all of it, but like. They'd they'd blown out a lot. They'd hyperventilated. So they had gotten all their CO2 out of there. Anyway. um,
0: So I got this image of a person, a client of ours at their desk, checking an email or maybe uh, trying to get a project done or something for a client. And they're maybe holding their breath too much. Either and, that
1: or they're just taking like really short
0: breaths. Or like taking either. really short breaths, right? Yeah. And so, they're, so what's happening is that they're building a, a good amount of acid that the body then has to try to work out. Totally. Talk to me about how that's affecting muscles and joints and stuff.
1: So, what well, you'll typically see. Um, so I, I think I'd be, uh, I don't want to blow too much smoke, right? Like that's definitely never <laughs> my, uh, That's definitely never, never my. Pun
0: intended. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So
1: like, I, I won't want, I don't want to talk too much out of my lane as it gets into like the, like the, the metabolic process of how that will affect like you, the actual like joints themselves or the muscles themselves. I may, I may not be the best person to talk to you on that. You may even want to talk to like an exercise physiologist who studies that. Right. Uh, but what I can say is when you do that, this is this is a, something that was very um eye-opening to me and it's all that goes all the way back to my college days actually when i was working with a sports psychologist uh in this phase of these short breaths right like that is very much think about a rabbit again going back to that rabbit versus lion right when you think about a rabbit what type of breaths do you imagine a rabbit taking
0: uh short fast
1: short fast rapid breaths right right and so uh so when we are taking these short fast rapid breaths we are Increasing our sympathetic nervous system when we do that,
0: right? Fight, exactly. fight, fight, flight,
1: exactly, fight or flight. And there's actually like a, a really interesting breath technique called fire breathing that you can actually manipulate and use to like actually uh warm your system up. uh It's it's wild. Like, there's if you look up this, there's this video on YouTube of this guy like doing like Wim Hof breathing, and mm-hmm. uh, he's increasing his now it's a YouTube video, so take it for what it will or for what it will, but. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's sitting in snow, and the snow's like melting around him because he's increasing his core body temperature so much by simply doing some of this breath technique. Um, the <laughs> yeah, wild, right? Yeah, uh, so,
0: let's not do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: don't go sit in snow. But you can, yeah. like, you can manipulate your breath to increase your sympathetic nervous system all the time, right? Right. Um, it's, a lot of athletes will use it as a warm up, and a lot of athletes will use it when they cool down. Now. The issue with that is you're is you're using that same breath technique almost in in a simple reading and email type of situation so you're always in this stress environment now if you're in this stress type, stressful type of environment what's most likely already what's most likely all, uh, also happening is you're tense right and you don't even realize how tense you are mm. which brings me back to my psychology class where we did some like segmental like um like contract relax type of techniques where we started our toes contract and relax. And it was all like um to not necessarily to a recording, but to our uh, professor walking us through it, right? And it was amazing to me at how tense I was just sitting there, you know? And uh and like when you, and when you contract and you relax, you realize like, oh man, I was really tight. Like if you listen to this driving, like try it, like squeeze your traps as hard as you can, like your, your muscles right your neck, raise your shoulders up by your ears as much as you can, and then relax them. And you'll realize, like, oh my gosh, I was really tight, my and really tense in my shoulders there. And that mm. chronic tension can lead to perceived tightness. And that perceived tightness can lead to you not working through a full range of motion. That n- not working through a full range of motion can lead to uh pain and dis- and uh dysfunction in the joints themselves because our joints are healthy when they have strength and a full and they can work through a full range of motion, mm. and so like it's not necessarily this direct, like. Correlation between like oh you have high CO two levels therefore it does this right um, maybe there's a stronger physiological explanation I wouldn't be privy to it but there is a snowball effect that you're and your whole all your systems work together and if uh, and if you're not addressing all of them if you don't focus on so again if I take that same person who's coming to me for neck pain right that person driving in the in Atlanta traffic every day. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. all of a sudden they have neck pain and I'm not addressing, I'm not making sure that they at least have some type of awareness to what their stress management levels are, right. Mm-hmm. Or what their stress or what their sleep looks like. Then I'm not addressing the full human being. I'm not addressing the full picture and, uh, we might make them feel good for a minute, but we're never going to take uh we're never going to solve the root cause of the problem there.
0: Well, I want to touch on, just want to back up on some, I want to touch on a couple of things that you said, because I thought, oh man, I like that he's saying that. In my last episode or a couple episodes ago, I talked about how to get back to sleep when you wake up in the middle of the night. And I love that you talked about the four, seven, eight, that yeah. breathing, that four inhale, seven hold, eight exhale, and repeat. Love that you're talking about that because that's one of the exercises, one of the approaches that I recommend to help people yeah. fall back to sleep. Another one that I use is visualization. And look, Mm -hmm. folks, I know that I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, and I know that Jacob is a physical therapist, and we definitely are staying in our lanes. But I love what you're saying here because we definitely have different modalities that we need to throw in from time to time because we can see the effects that it's having down the road. And so sleep to me is definitely one of them. So I love you talked about that. So anyway, the breathing... The visualization, and then you also mentioned that tighten and relax. Actually, yeah. talked about a three second um, uh, contract and a three second release from feet to face.
1: Yeah, in nice. the middle
0: of the night. So when you when you did this with your shoulders, when you tightened your traps, that's yeah. actually something that I often will tell clients to do. To try to help them fall back to sleep, you know, when you're having a little bit of trouble, you wake up at that two or three or four in the morning uh, yeah. situation. I often tell them, you know, try any one of these things that, yeah. that can help you fall back to sleep. And sometimes it might be a combination of them and you just need to practice. I also like that you said keeping that person in the bed instead of, I get a lot of clients that will say, well, David, you know, I, I get up at four in the morning and I just can't sleep. And then I have to get up and uh, out of bed by six. So if I don't get to bed by five, I'll just go ahead and get up. And I often tell people, no, stay, <laughs> stay <laughs> yeah. in bed, stay in bed and practice this stuff. Sure. Practice this stuff, because the more you practice it, the body will start getting used to it and you'll start building some kind of habit, some kind of routine sure. and then working through that. And I find that, you know, we're talking a lot about sleep and I love that because, I had another episode in this podcast on stress, in this yeah. series on stress about sleep in general. So, yeah, man, I think that you're hitting on all the right uh, check marks here. Yes. So, I appreciate you doing that. I'd love for you to talk me through how you work with maybe some of the most common stress-related uh, yeah. challenges you see with uh, with clients. What are some of the, like the top level things that you do with those clients? Maybe give a couple examples.
1: Yeah, there's a few things, right? So it's kind of going to be like uh, like body part dependent, right? So um, we'll, we'll keep it with low back. Wait, wait
0: do you, do you mean that that uh, each person the stress affects them in different body parts? That you, totally, you, okay, yeah, you don't see sure. like like back or neck being the most, or they're
1: probably going to be some of the more like common areas that we'll see, right? Okay, uh, but it kind of depends on like. What the person's coming in for it could be a knee pain person right because remember like what we talked about way on in the beginning like decrease increased stress which decreases your sleep can lead to increased perception of pain right so mm-hmm. um and you could be like it could be a runner that has an old injury right like maybe they tore their meniscus in college and uh and I,
0: like, right here right here yeah, most of us <laughs> have right yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> And yeah. so
1: like, you know, you didn't sleep as much. So now you, so then you had some knee pain and then all of a sudden that sent you into like this phase, like, oh my God, I've got all this arthritis in my knee and now you're freaking out. And now you can't run without pain. And now that, now you're in because you think you injured yourself running when really we just need to work on like some stress and sleep management techniques. Right. Um, now it, it, all that to say what I will typically like to do for managing stress and, or we will keep it back related. Right. This is kind of like, I guess like a back with stress management podcast. Um, or back with stress podcast, like, yeah, there's gonna be a few things that I like to do. One is gonna be a simple uh, diaphragmatic breathing technique, right?
0: Okay, good. So
1: uh, because that's another thing, like we were kind of talking about earlier, like people breathe, like you think about like, these really quick, short breaths that people can take, like, mm-hmm. you'll see them breathing, like with their accessory muscles. So you see their neck and their trap and their chest rise, when really, I want your belly to go out, right? Like, yeah. I want your diaphragm to be doing a lot of that work. So what we're going to do is we're going to position you on your back, feet up on the wall, knees bent at 90 degrees. Okay. So the bottom of your feet, okay. so you're not, your heels aren't on it, but like the, the soles of your feet are on the wall. Right. 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 And then I'm going to have you put one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly. Right.
0: Okay.
1: And then we're going to do that four, seven, eight breathing pattern, or we might just breathe if you can't tolerate it at first. Right. And right. I don't mean tolerate it from a pain. It's just sometimes it'd be hard to hold your breath that long because you're yeah. already in this like hyper CO2 state. Right. Yeah. Um. So, Like uh, what I'll do, I'll put one hand on their stomach, one hand on their chest, and I'm going to have them do a breathing pattern. And I want to see, I don't want to see their hand rise at all on their chest, rise at all. I want the hand on their belly to be the one that rises up Mm. and rises down, right? Mm. That's Mm. a, that's a nice visualization for somebody and even if they, if they start having a little bit of a hard time, I'm going to put a little bit of pressure on their stomach and say, push my hand out when you breathe. Right. Mm. Cause it's going to be really tough to rise both your belly at that rate and your chest at the same time. So you're going to use that diaphragm to push my hand away. Mm. So that's something that we're going to work on is diaphragmatic breathing. We got to make sure you can act. It sounds weird, but it's, it's true. Like I got to make sure you can breathe appropriately. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to give you some pressure based work on top of that. Right. So um it, it's really interesting what that can do uh like when we it's just like we were are talking about with like the contract relax or the visualization uh technique right oh okay so i might actually get them like on their stomach with a with like we got something called like a gorgeous ball think of it as like those little like uh you know those little balls that you can shoot to the bin at like target or whatever right yeah right uh, like a little ball like that that's kind of deflated right like okay. half filled up with air Okay, And like, um, I might, I'll have them like lay on that ball with that ball up in their diaphragm, right? So they're on their stomach, they're laying on the ball and they're just going to do a simple, again, that breathing technique, right? They're going to breathe into that ball. But that pressure, especially like that pinpoint pressure like that, can bring your awareness into that, into that spot. Right. So mm-hmm. that you're not really necessarily thinking like it decreases the likelihood of you thinking about other things when you're supposed to be trying to focus on your breath work. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't want necessarily want you, it's almost a form of like, kind of like meditation with movement. Like we don't want you, we don't want your mind wandering. We want you, be, we want you to be aware of what's kind of going on. Right.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And it's wild. When I've had people do this, I've had people talk about like, uh, I feel like nauseous almost afterwards. Yeah. Like uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's really interesting. Like I've never had anybody puke, but like, uh, pressure on your diaphragm can be a really interesting phenomenon. Uh, so we're going to do pressure based work. We're going to diaphragmatic based work, uh, based mm-hmm. work. And then we can do some, just some simple, like sleep management, like I was talking about, like if it's, if it's just simply like doing a four, seven, eight breathing pattern when they're going to sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or I might have them get on, like get on a lacrosse ball on their back and, and actually like do some QL work, right. And do mm-hmm. some breath again there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be some something along those lines, but then also, what I want to see is I want to see some like movement, like consistency, right? Um, I want to I want to have like some type of like mobility routine built into your day because we are creatures of habit at the end of the day. Um, we respond really well to consistency over time. So I'm going to give you something very simple. It could be something like a simple like hip mobility drill that I'm going to give you, like a 90-90 like shin box type of drill or something, like something that you can do b- beside your bed, something that you can do like very easily, doesn't require any equipment, uh, or, or any like really thought. And I just want you to do that consistently before you go to bed and then work on some breathing and then, and then try to hit the hay. Right. Um, so like mobility movement over consistency with a mobility routine, mobility flossing is what I call it. Um,
0: mobility or, flossing. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So flossing, it's like something that you do every day, right? Like okay. you floss your teeth or you should, should, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, flossing your teeth. Uh, it's the same thing with our muscles and our tendons and our joints, right? Like I want you to move your joints through a full range of motion, and I want you to kind of do it on a consistent daily basis.
0: Uh, okay. Like brushing your teeth, not just flossing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Not just
1: fl- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like for every in the world of CrossFit, flossing means a lot of different things. So, like, uh, we were sorry,
0: I, 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 I didn't realize that.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, uh, like there's a Voodoo Band flossing that we'll do. Like, there's all kinds of stuff,
0: but okay. there's
1: nerve flossing that we'll do. Like, and that's not CrossFit specific. That's uh, just like healthcare, right? Like, well, there's a, like nerve flossing anyway, it's just movement of our joints through uh, on a consistent basis and trying to move through a full range. So um, consistent movement or mobility routine, diaphragmatic breathing and pressure based work are the three things that I'm gonna give uh, or do for somebody that I think is going to need a lot more focus on maybe some stress management or some uh, or some uh, um, better sleep before we can address any of these other issues?
0: Got it, got it. okay Wow that's good. The thing that I think is important to point out here is that stress is gonna make things worse, essentially, right? That's right. what you're saying. Okay. All right. Well, prolonged stress.
1: You- let me let me clarify, let me add on that. Like prolonged stress will make prolonged
0: stress, right? Right. I talked about the difference between what you did at the beginning. I called it acute stress versus chronic stress. Totally. And so yeah. this is the reason why I brought up the pandemic and other, you know, yep. wars or PTSD, trauma of un, uh, other sorts or even medical issues with a person, right? These are the chronic stresses that we're dealing with on a regular basis. What would you say are the most common causes for the pains that you're seeing in your practice?
1: Man, uh phew. I mean, typically what we're going to see, so I'll answer that like this. There's typically not a single cause. There's typically going to be layers to somebody coming in and dealing with something, right? Um, It's very rare that somebody's going to come in and I'm going to be like, oh, it's because of this, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Now, that can be part of the picture and that could be like layer number one that we're going to uncover, but more... but try to try to put human compartmentalize humans into a single thing like that or a single like uh diagnosis is myopic and it's just mm-hmm. not how humans operate um mm-hmm. we, we are complex organisms and uh we we just have too much going on so like i would never say like oh well the main cause of like back pain would be uh squatting too heavy right or the main cause of back pain is your bed that you ha- that you haven't replaced in 20 years right or like the main cause of back pain is that you're not eating well enough right or the main like it, there's nothing like that. It, so mm. each individual that comes in is way, they're, they're their own human. That's why we don't have templated out things or protocols for people. Like uh, we take people as they come, we take people uh, wherever they're at in their health, wellness, or fitness journey, and we address the problem, right? And the problem can be vast. Now, it's typically going to be some form of uh, what we'll see across, a, we'll typically see a spectrum. And this is what we kind of talk about with people that come in. Uh, it's called the I3 model. I wish I coined this. I did not. Uh, this comes from Kelly Sturette, but, uh, injuries happen on a spectrum, right? It's not like all of a sudden, boom, you're injured. Uh, what's going to happen is you're going to first have an incomplete mechanics, right? These incomplete mechanics are normal, right? Uh, it's not like they're like super, like it's, it's not like a, Oh man, you don't have as much dorsiflexion on your, or you don't have as much rotation in your hip as you should. Uh, you're going to die, right? (laughs) Like, uh, like it's that's that's very simple minded, but uh, incomplete mechanics over a period of time, especially when you start throwing in other things as we go, as we go through life, like a pandemic or stress or now you have this or you have a kid who's sick, so you're never sleeping, right? Like these incomplete mechanics can turn into an incident, and an incident is where we're gonna have like these are words like man, my knee, I, you know, I notice a little bit of knee pain when I'm getting, when I'm warming up for my squats, but then as I kind of get going, like I'm okay. Right. Or if you're an athlete, listening to this, you've had an incident plenty of times where like, uh, maybe you're getting ready for track and your hamstrings are super tight, but once you get going, you're, you're okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you, you can still perform at the level you need to, but, uh, you notice something's wrong. Right. That gets, a, if that continues to get ignored and like, and life continues to hammer down on you then like, yeah, that's going to lead to an injury. That's going to lead to like, now it's not your hamstring that's strained. Now you have a tear, right? Um, or yeah, now it's not that you just simply have a tight QL, but now you actually herniated the disc, right? Um, it, it's these things that can start to happen. And it's typically going to accumulate for various reasons. And we got to figure out what they are, right? Um, mm. It's not going to be as simple as like, oh, you have a you herniated your disc because you bent you forward too many times. Like that was a thought process for a while, and it's a very frustrating one because like that's not accurate. Um, there's there's multiple things that led to that, and so that's probably the best way I can answer it is that I, I don't want to sound like I'm kind of walking around the issue. Like there's definitely like uh, like certain things where if I could say like yeah, I mean if you're going to run, like you look at the the injury rate per um, person who's a runner, that's the highest at any other sport out there, including sports like CrossFit, right? So like um,
0: oh wait, really? Running totally. has a higher level of injury, really?
1: Yeah. Injury rate per person. Yeah. If you, if you look at the data on, on runners, like they have the highest injury rate compared to any other sport out there. Um, No kidding. But it also kind of makes sense too. Like what's something like running, like more people, way more people run than
0: who. who Uh, Oh, Well, that's a good point. Right. Yeah. It's a percentage thing because how many people are doing MMA, right? (laughs) Totally. Yeah.
1: So like, and also like how many people like, uh, like, um, if you have CrossFit, if you go to CrossFit, you at least have a coach of some sort, right? Like now there's various levels of, um, expertise and, and coach and CrossFit coaching. But a lot of times people who run, okay, I just go out and run.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah that's a uh, good point. Yeah. yeah. As people are just doing it versus taught to do something. Totally. Or, and
1: running is a skill. 100%. Yeah. Like we all have the ability to run, I guess. Right. But, yeah. uh like, but to be a runner requires something, it requires a little bit more effort. Right. 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 And I thought Dr. Sam put it in a great, in a great context for me one time where, he said, "A lot of people run to get in shape, but you need to be in shape to run." And so, like, mm-hmm. uh, and so, like, strength training is really important. For anyway, I That's a whole different rabbit hole. But um,
0: <laughs> no, that's yeah. good. I appreciate you saying that. You know what's interesting? The way I'm seeing what you're saying, and I appreciate you saying, especially the I three model. I never heard of it, but I like the context behind it here, where it's the same in my world with nutrition. People want to come in for weight loss. But weight isn't generally the problem. The problem is that it's kind of like Dr. Sam was talking about. And by the way, for people who don't know who we're talking about, Sam is one of the guys that worked on me, one of your physical therapists that worked on me. Yeah, he's which, a stud, uh, man. He's, he's great. A great. Yeah, he's great. But one of the things that's going on here is that there are multiple layers of not doing something enough. Or there are certain circumstances in life that are being so consistent that they're getting you to where your your health is at risk. And yeah. so oftentimes I tell people, look, it's a matter of starting small. Find one small thing that you can really build on and let's work on that. Now, does that mean that there aren't four or five other things that we need to fix or change or improve No, it. We will need to get to those too, but we got to start with one small thing that we can build on, and then over time we can see the improvement. and And we we actually talked about that in our last episode as well, and how important that is. It's so much easier than trying to tackle on five or six different things. I often make an example of someone juggling. Usually, when you learn how to juggle, you'll probably learn with one, maybe two balls. Right? You don't pick up five balls. Totally. And then start juggling them, right? Because what's going to happen? They're all going to (laughs) fall. You're going
1: to fail, man. You're setting yourself up. And what's really interesting about that too is like your efforts can be exponential. They don't have to be linear, right? Like you might have to start off with one bite at a time, right? You might have to start off with one task at a time or one layer at a time, right? But you start to get pretty good at that, right? So now we can start stacking them up and now it's like, okay, I can handle these two things. or I can handle these three things, right? right? Like um eventually it's like okay it's just rinse and repeat i'm used to this i can do it right, yeah, right. it's kind of like same thing as like um like driving for example right yeah. um trying to so like uh the i've experienced like i don't have a I, i'm about to have my first kid uh yeah. but <laughs> um i have a sister who is 16 right and well she's 17 now but she was turning 16 I was teaching her how, or like driving with her right and like we had to take it very like task by task by task right yeah. like uh, versus if i go out and drive on 285 like there's 17 thousand different things that we're all processing right yeah, right Some better than others but yeah <laughs> uh, like but like you have the capacity and the threshold to be able to process and do more things once you've stacked these efforts on top of each other so it's right. not like and that's something that I, i'm sure you have the same conversation it doesn't have to be one foot in front of the other like every single time right yeah but, we're also not sprinting every single day either, right? We're also getting our one rep max every single time. Sometimes it's just showing up and doing the thing that is important. So uh, it's kind of that same mentality when we're trying to to work through an injury or working on some weight loss or some better better, uh, eating habits.
0: Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about maybe uh, some small takeaways or some call to actions that you think you can get people to start working on to help out with. Uh, more specifically stress and their joint issues.
1: Yeah. I think some of the biggest things, some biggest takeaways here is get your sleep. Um, and don't, but man, it's it's always interesting. Cause like, if I tell you to not think of a pink elephant, what's the first thing that you think about? Pink elephant. Pink <laughs> elephant. Right? So like, if I tell you to focus on your sleep and then not stress out about sleeping, what's the first thing you're gonna do is like, you're gonna stress out about sleeping, right? So, but like, it is important. Sleep is important. So if you have a hard time sleeping, there are experts and there are specialists out there who can help you with that. That is a number one thing to do Um, because we've talked about ad nauseum at this point, but sleep is important. Another thing that I'd recommend that you do is actually have some type of breathwork practice. Uh, This is really, really important, not just for like like chronic stress, but acute stress management as well. Um, I thought it was really awesome. I was talking with a parent who sends their kids to the Atlanta Neighborhood Charter School, ANCS, and uh, they... Like they implemented this protocol that before a kid was allowed to like tattletale on like their classmate, right? Or to come at them really angry or upset. They had to do three box breathing patterns before they were allowed to talk, right? That's and a good idea. <laughs> it was great. It taught them like emotion, like regulation, you know? Yes, yes. Um, which is great. So um, having some type of breathwork practice and that is, guys, that does not have to be anything elaborate. It can literally be laying in your bed for three minutes before you go to sleep and it'd be like, you know what? Jake said to do this four, seven, eight breathing pattern, or David talked about it in one of his other podcasts, right? Like do that, yeah. uh, just set a timer and do it. Yeah. Um, so that'd be another big takeaway. And then another takeaway that I would say is to like, give yourself some grace and wherever you're kind of at in your health and wellness journey, regardless on if you're, um, you're trying to become the next big CrossFit games athlete. Awesome. Like there's people who can help you get there and do it Right. Um, but if you're also, or, and, but then that same mentality is if you're just trying to run your first 5k of your life, right? Like freaking sweet, let's get after it. Right. Uh, there's no need to compare yourself to other people in a health and wellness, uh, world, um, the health and wellness and, and fitness realm is there to make you like, it's there to improve your day. It should be the best part of your day. And if you're consistently using, uh, exercise as a form of control, uh, to kind of help like. Uh, get, like if you don't feel like you have a lot of like control in your life, and you're using exercise, or I see this a lot, like uh, in nutrition as well, using food and exercise as a way to like kind of almost like punish yourself—that's the wrong place to be. You should be celebrating movement. You, that's why you should be exercising to achieve better goals. So um, that'd be my biggest takeaways. Um,
0: but cool. yeah, yeah, cool, cool. I love that you talk about these, man. I think sleep is so underrated. Sometimes the breathing exercise—that's brilliant. When you talk about uh, in that school. Uh, That's something I sure wish I had growing up. Somebody could have taught me, hey, take three breaths before you say something, and then let's go back and then talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But when you take those big breaths, the most important part of that is the exhale. Don't take a big breath in. (laughs) <laughs> quickly blow yeah. out, right? Like take a big breath in and slowly exhale out. That's going to, that's where the money is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then giving yourself grace. That's another one, right? Compare yourself to yesterday, not to others. I think that's oh my really gosh.
1: comparison syndrome. That's why like, think about things like social media, TikTok, social, uh, yeah. Instagram. Like, I don't want to sound like an old guy. Like I use social media, but, um, con- consistently comparing yourself to other people yeah. is detrimental uh-huh. to your ability to handle stress. I promise you, regardless of you recognize it or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is just great info. Jacob, I really appreciate you giving people a great insight into stress, the way it works with the body, the way it really manifests in direct ways that we don't realize. I appreciate all of this knowledge. What I'd love for you to do right now is let everybody know where they can find you.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like if you're interested in like working with us, like it's really simple. Just type in athletespotential.com Fill out a contact request form. Claire is going to give you a phone call. She's an incredible human being herself. She'll be able to answer any questions you may have.
0: I love it. I love it. Cool. Yeah. I'll put that in my show notes as well. Perfect. Jacob, man, I appreciate you being with us today and uh, great uh, information. Uh, look forward to having you on again soon sometime. All right. Slam dunk out of the park. Thank you once again, Dr. Jacob Swart, for some great nuggets of wisdom and information there. I know lots of people are going to start on some of them. All right. And now for our special announcement. We are starting our very first community. It's called the Orozco Nutrition On Community. This is for people who want to build a positive relationship, a secure relationship with food and their body so that they can live fully and enjoy life. And boy, I've got some info for you. But listen, before I get started talking about all the benefits, just want to tell you, you know, one of the things that I see, like very much my client that I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, and so many of the people that I work with, is that I'll do work with them. And they get, quote unquote, better, right? But they have to do it alone. And one of the areas or challenges that I see is, a lot of times, I'm not really living that experience. And I feel like they're all alone out there. And they've They express that it's like, I don't know anybody else. I don't know if I can do it with someone. I don't know. I feel like it's all me. And this is the reason why we are building the new on community. Visit our website, oroskipnutrition.com forward slash community. And in there, you'll see that we're starting a community of people just like you that want to build a positive and secure relationship with their food and body. So that they can practice new habits, learn, grow together so that they can feel good, live longer, and have a higher quality of life. And so we are bringing together a community that will have online discussions, weekly health coaching sessions, monthly workshops with special guests and topics like we talk about on this podcast We'll also have handouts and resources and science and information. And so this is the compliment that so many people are looking for in their journey for a positive and secure relationship for f- with food and their bodies. And folks, I'm really excited. It starts August 23rd, 2022. Write that on your calendars. We're going to have a launch date again August 23rd, 2022. Go ahead to our website again, OroscoNutrition.com slash community and check out the information there so that you can register today before the price goes up. Hurry up, folks. I'm really excited because my team and I at Orosco Nutrition have been working hard along with other community members that have been dying to have this really get started because they know the impact and so stay tuned next week i'm bringing in some of those champions of our community that are starting this program with us because this is a community of them for them and we listen to what they're wanting and needing so folks check us out All right. I really appreciate you for tuning in. Hey, remember, if you haven't already, hit follow or subscribe to this show. We really appreciate you doing that. It also gets you these episodes downloaded to your device every week without you thinking about it. And hey, I'd love a rate and review. Drop us a note in the rates and review section on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. All right, folks, remember, chop that diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Stay tuned for next week. See you then.